right, uh, season one, episode two. Here we are, Tuesday, January 29th. Uh, more interesting topics here to talk about. Hope I found the first episode to be informational here. Um, so today, one of the topics we want to discuss is student loans. Uh, but before we get started here, let's everybody introduce each other, or yourselves rather. Bill Seach. I am Tom Christie. Trey Reedy. Adam Baumlin. So again, the purpose of this podcast and what we're trying to do here is so many questions and things that people don't know. Uh, and again, we're trying to shed light on this industry and uh, help educate home buyers and equip them with far more information than what they're coming into today. Uh, again, that said, we're going to start off with student loans. So any of you guys want to start off with what you know what you're seeing with student loans and how they're seeing these affect loan processes and first of all they all ch everything all these guidelines kind of change frequently from time to time yeah. through the year and things like that we saw a change last year adam actually has the the paperwork over there to kind of give you the options that you can do with the student loans so let's go uh, take it to him and see what we got but <laughs> keep yes, in mind this stuff can change all the time i mean it's it's kind yeah, of so these these are basically the guidelines as of right now, and, and, and some of these have recently changed with with Freddie Mac, um, and Fannie Mae's got an option that you know, a lot of people may not know about. Um, I would say that we would all agree that one of the bigger hurdles in, in, in qualifying, you know, home buyers or new home buyers is student loans. Um, you know, college is getting more expensive. Uh, people are borrowing loans, putting it off. You know, they get out of school, that goes into, into deferment, meaning they're not making a payment for the time being. They want to buy a home. Well, depending on what type of loan program it is, the guidelines are very different in terms of what or if a payment needs to be calculated. Uh, you know, on an FHA loan, more than likely you're going to have to use a 1% of the balance if the payment's deferred. So, you know, if you, if you think about that, if you've got uh, – Student loan at ten thousand dollars total, which is you got to factor in a hundred bucks. Yeah, yeah. But what if your credit report says zero dollars? Yeah, you, for an FHA loan, you still you're required to use one percent. Actually, that, the greater. And that was a change too, because the one I had, he got a letter from the student loan company saying his payment was zero, and they let us use that. That was a year and a half ago, and now it's different. Yeah, the, the, from the FHA handbook says, regardless of the payment status, the mortgage, the mortgagee, which is the borrower must use either the greater of the 1% of the outstanding balance of the loan or the monthly payment on the borrower's credit report or the actual document payment provided, which will fully amortize over the loan. So whichever is greater. So typically, you know, that's if it's deferred, obviously there's no payment on sure. there. That's going to be 1%. But yet, even though it's deferred zero payment, for loan qualifications, we still have to factor in as if there is a payment. Yeah, yeah. yeah and that's, that's where you're coming up with that, that 1% to give them up. Yeah. If it's 10000 you owe. It's a hundred bucks a month that has to factor in, regardless of what your credit report says. Yeah. And I recently had one where there was like ten student loans all listed, and the payments was sixty, seventy, forty, thirty, and then but the customer had to get a letter and put them all together, which they were already together in one payment, but the credit report still said that they had seven different payments. So you it really have tricky. It yeah. is very common with. Uh, I think we we've seen it a lot with uh, nurses. We seem to. For yeah. some reason, get a lot of nurses coming out of nursing school. You know, they're going back to school uh, to become a nurse and, and, and of varying uh, levels there. But uh, and they've got somewhat of a substantial student loan amount that's in deferment, and they're trying to get started on the right foot. And it's hard for them. To, some of them, it's hard for them to buy a home. 
because of those payments being in deferment and them needing to go FHA. Um, if you're able to qualify for a conventional loan, then the doors open up quite a bit in terms of uh, you know in terms of what you can do um, with Fannie Mae. So if th th there's a couple different ways that someone can actually qualify based upon uh, you know what is happening. So a lot of times somebody will do an income-based repayment for their student loans, right? So you're just getting out of school, you're just getting started. Uh, your income level is going to go up, but you start at a certain point. Well, the student loan companies can give you uh, a, a, an income-based or an income-driven repayment plan. So on, for a conventional loan under Fannie Mae, uh, if that is $0 in terms of what th they're, they're determining, the, based upon your income right now, you don't have a monthly payment, you can actually use that to qualify for the loan. So that's kind of nice because if you have a payment that says 0 you can use that. That's if you have a low income, correct? Or lower income, I uh, Well, it's income-based. So right. based upon where you're right, at, right. you know, what your income level is. Then know. that tells, you know, they, they, hey, let's see what this looks like. So they have to kind of, you know, give them that information to derive that income-based payment. Time. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, ahead of time of qualifying. So that's a nice piece that opens up a little bit there with, with Fannie Mae. Uh, what if the loan is in, still in deferment, right? So you're, you haven't started making payments yet and you, you still want to buy a home with Fannie Mae uh, one of the options is you can use one percent of the unpaid principal balance uh, of the loan or of the you know of the loan of the outstanding balance so that's nice uh, you know that to some degree falls within you know kind of like with FHA but depending on how that works you know that might be an option for you um, another option that not a lot of people know about with with uh, Fannie Mae is they also have, it can be derived based upon the outstanding balance of all of the student loans that you have, and then they give you a repayment period, and you have to factor in the going interest rate, which they can actually provide you a link to. Um, so let's do an example. Let's say you have five student loans, and they're $5,000 each, so totaling $25,000. And right now, the payments are deferred for two years. I mean, they have two years, no payments. Well, what would they? How would they factor that? Payment? Well, if they, if they had twenty five thousand, then you'd have to. If it was a one percent, you'd have to use what two hundred fifty dollars a month. Correct. Now, you can take that twenty five thousand dollars of student loans, and you can amortize that over twenty years. Uh, the most recent rate that they gave, I think, was the one I just looked at there was like five point zero nine percent. Now, this is just to, for not necessarily what your payment would be, but this is how they qualify to come up with a payment yeah. for a loan purpose for you to buy a house. They got to at least ratio. say, hey, here's what the payment could look like. Doesn't mean that's what it would <coughs> yeah. be with your student loans. So that's only 166 dollars versus 250. So, so it's a in big terms difference. of qualifying for a mortgage, uh, yeah, it could be a huge difference. It could be whether or not you actually qualify for the loan. Um, as the student loan amount gets greater, they can the repayment period can increase out to 30 years, and then it depends on, like I said, that average going rate at the time, which. They do provide a link for lenders to look at. Uh, as of January 22nd, which was last week, uh, it was, I'm sorry, it was a 5.05% was the rate that they used. So For the student loans, that is, just for us to figure out how to for, qualify for what for we have to use to qualify. And that, yeah. brings, that brings me to a thought with uh, the do not know factor, too. If you just graduated from college, 
and you got your starting your first job and you have two pay stubs, we can use your diploma and two pay stubs and qualify you to buy a house. It's it's really not hard. Yeah, if you're just coming out of school, yeah, right. you, yeah, you've shown that you've been in school. You now, a lot of people don't know that. Yeah, you know, they think they need, you know, they yeah. need to have two years of job time and all that, but the diploma kind of qualifies you. Uh, that depends on how they're being paid too, right? So yeah. if they're going to an all-commission job, they're not going to be able to do that. But right. if they're going hour, hourly or salary, on, you know, up on the 40-hour week, then you can we can use that income to qualify. Mm-hmm. I think um, one of the things I, I just where I, I don't want to forget the, how we circle back and, you know, people get, hey, I like this house. I'm using, uh, you know, Bank X, and, hey, they've got me pre-approved for $200,000. Uh, you know, maybe they try to shop around and say, wow, how somebody got you pre-approved up to this dollar amount, yet they never factored in your student loans. Again, we just mentioned as much as these things change and staying on top of it, you know, you could have your hopes build up. Oh, I'm pre-approved. This bank said we can do this. You don't want to find out in the middle of that process that, oh, we forgot to factor in your, your student loan debt. These guidelines changed. Uh, now where you stand, you know, now, now you're in a position where you're really distraught. Because somebody didn't follow and keep up with themselves with the guidelines. Yeah. So mm-hmm. if you have student loans, you've got to make sure you're asking, what are you factoring into my payment? How, are, how is that factored into my debt ratio? Um, what yeah. process are you going along with that? Yeah, or how are you calculating it? Because if you move over to – so, if again, if we're looking at a conventional loan, now we look at a loan that's going to be ultimately sold to Freddie Mac. Mm-hmm. Uh, they recently made a change towards the end of last year where before that, if it was deferred, they would use 1% of the balance like Fannie Mae would, like FHA would, if it was deferred. Now you can use half a percent of the deferred balance with them. So that's nice because that might open up some doors to have somebody qualify, number one. Number two, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac do look at information a little bit differently, uh, you know, based upon the automated underwriting systems. We have to run the information through and see what it's going to give us. Well, if we're not inputting the right information, if we're putting the wrong payment calculation in there, or somebody is, then you're not getting the right information out. So... So to your point, you, we could put information. That, yeah, we could put information and get approval, like that's it, it, not yeah. not verified. I can make the system show me an approved eligible, providing you know credit, of course. But hey, the, you know borrower X makes two hundred thousand dollars a year, and we have zero dollars in student loan debt. Of course, why would you not be pre-approved for a three four hundred thousand dollar house? Yeah. But now when you get to underwriting, verifying that, oh, we we yeah, we forgot to do this, forgot to have, do that. They forgot to put these these payment calculations in there. Um, you know, and it can affect the way that somebody's approved. Now, you know, are they looking at these things, and, and can it change again? Of course. You know, our, our, our guidelines change, like we said, are, you know, fairly frequently. Um, it's you can throw, throw out an example, too, when they could be deferred. Why would a student loan be deferred? Yeah, well, they just graduated. They just graduated. Um, you know, maybe they went through a, some sort of a hard life event in the recent past, and they had to put it in deferment for a little bit. So, I mean, there, there can be varying reasons why – someone put a student loan in deferment sometimes i don't want to say they forget about it but maybe they're not factoring in or you know there are sometimes you know we've talked to some teachers where over time it's going to be there's there's one of their student loans are always going to be forgiven after they've taught for x number of years well we still have to factor in a quote-unquote payment for that when they're qualifying for a loan mm-hmm. um depending on credit score depending on what type of loan they're doing you know, sometimes that box can be a little bit tighter for somebody than somebody else. You know, that's where having better credit helps. Uh, that opens up additional options 
Sure. For uh, you know, for somebody to do that. Or so if they go back to graduate school, right? There you go too. Yeah, maybe somebody goes back to graduate school. Um, you know, maybe somebody's working and going to school right now. You know, maybe their sure. their employer is reimbursing them for the student loans. They've got student loans on their on their credit because it's in their name. You know, you still got to factor that in. Mm-hmm. Um, whether or not you use the reimbursement, you know, there's varying ways to qualify somebody to look at that. But I think know, ultimately, that's part of the if you, if somebody's shopping for a mortgage and they they tell their loan originator or whoever that person is, hey, by the way, I have student loans. They're deferred, you know, so I'm not making any payments on it. They tell you, oh, that's fine. We'll go ahead and factor zero in. You might want to start calling other people. Yeah, you, because you're you just you're you're setting up for failure and, and let down. Yeah, you need to double check those things. Ask make questions. Sure that, yeah, and asking questions. And every lender is different. Some lenders have more guidelines and more overlays above and beyond this. Mm-hmm. Uh, even in our world as mortgage brokers, there are certain lenders that will only allow certain things. Other lenders will allow, you know, as we know, different guidelines or maybe not as not as restrictive on those guidelines. So it does vary and it can vary institution to institution as to what, how they're looking at things or, or what they're doing. Um, we, you said overlays and that's something that just immediately like, well, what's an overlay? So it, just what Adam was saying there, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac have particular guidelines and they say, here's what we want to see. And an underwriter can say, okay, well, Fannie Mae says this, that's all we need. Now, what an overlay is, Fannie Mae says this, but a bank may say, well, in addition to that, to meet our standards, in addition to Fannie Mae's, it could be an extra hoop or hurdle or uh, a tighter restriction to help lessen that risk on their personal books, knowing you'd fully meet Fannie or Freddie's guidelines with that. But that's what an overlay yeah. is. And, that, and that those are, again, another great question. You know, if you're trying to close a loan and buy a house, you don't want an extra 40 hours a week worth of homework to do just because this bank has all these additional overlays. That's a huge question to ask. Is you, what kind of overlays do you have? You know, may or may not know. Sometimes it's not going to affect somebody, but sometimes it may. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not something that you want to find out two weeks into a 30-day purchase contract and then yes. you're scrambling to find another lender. You know, and, and, and a lot of things happen in those 30 days on top of life and everything else you've got going on. It can be very stressful and very taxing on someone. Yeah, overwhelming. Know, I mean, there's a bunch that, of adjectives. So. And something as simple as credit score, like one lender will go to 580, one will go to 550, one will go to 600, one will go to 620, and then there's some yeah. that only do 640. Yeah. So, you well, know. And there are some lenders who, on the conventional side, uh, maybe they're only set up to sell loans to Freddie Mac, or they're only set up to sell loans to Fannie Mae. Right. So, and that's not necessarily something that the consumer is going to know how to ask or know what to ask. So, you could very well walk into an institution and uh, they only sell to Fannie Mae, and that person who you're working with only knows to do the 1%. Maybe you don't qualify at 1%, maybe you do at half a percent. Well, now you've just been told that you can't purchase a home, but potentially you can. Yeah. So that's, that's happened a, so many times. That's a big I, piece. I mean, yeah, where, where they've been told that they can't, but something has been calculated incorrectly. That's, that's really where a second opinion. Yeah, maybe not necessarily incorrectly, but. It's within that particular parameter. It doesn't work, but on the yeah, Freddie Mac side, the flip it. Yeah. yeah, they they don't. It is what it is. It's stuck. We can't do this loan. But if hey, if we had the Freddie Mac version of this, we we could get you. We could get you done. But but we don't. Again, if you don't ask these questions, you're not yeah. going to know. Yeah. On your biggest investment you're ever going to make. Yeah, that's where that second opinion comes into play. And sometimes that second opinion, you know, I mean, let's be honest. We've had people call us and they said, hey, 
you know, I'm working with an agent that works with you guys a lot. And, you know, I have, for whatever reason, I have my preferred lender that I want to work with. You know, is this really happening? I mean, we'll, we'll tell people, you know what I mean? And we do. Yes. Hey, listen, yeah, that's accurate. You know, that's right. This is what you need to do. Uh, or that's not accurate. This is really what you, you know, now you should maybe have some level of elevated concern of getting whatever you're doing corrected. Uh, Getting sooner than later. We've had both of those come into play. Yeah. You know, and that's just, you know, sometimes these things just need to be verified so that people know that it's accurate. So that's where second opinions always, even if you're, you go to a bank and they give you the perfect rate and the perfect program and all that stuff, it's still a good idea to get a second opinion because. Yeah, if they can't close it, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It could be one percent rate, but if you're not <laughs> yeah. closing, what's that one yeah, percent matter? matter. It, yeah, it's yeah. worth you, zero. You, you, you qualify what you qualify for, you know. Regardless, you have to make sure that. Yeah, and it's too easy. What I've it's just so easy for people today just to take up and, and type up a pre-approval. Oh, here you go, and just to throw it against the wall and stick. I mean, you've I know it's happened to all of us. Uh, and there's there's times where you we look and wonder why did this person even get a pre-approval to begin with? It should have never happened. In a matter of 60 seconds, we're figuring these things out. When other people are dragging these people across, you know, 30 days or two months worth of loan process and expenses, yeah. just to inevitably tell them the day before closing, yeah, sorry, we couldn't get around this. Well, you you knew that from day one, yet you still went through well, this you, process. You with had them. those loans, yeah. Yeah, he just had one, didn't you? Like that? Yeah, 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 it, yeah. That was yeah, ridiculous. and it was blatantly obvious that they should have never been given a pre-qualification letter when they did. Right. Yep. Oh, and, and then what they do? Then they turned around and, and just made something up to make it yeah. look like it wasn't their fault. Uh, well, we didn't yeah. do know this, this. Right. Now you know a bankruptcy is supposed to be discharged for two years before a VA loan can get done. Yeah. <laughs> right. If you don't, then you shouldn't be in this industry. Uh, I mean, that, that's a that's a guideline that is pretty standard across the board. Not pressure. like a student loan that has changed, what, maybe once every six months it seems yeah. like. Yeah, that could be. That could so be. Let's, let's move on to, like, what we're working on now, like, you know anything uh, like Tom? I think you have one that's you're working on. It's a little different and outside the box. A purchase on homestyle renovation. You want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So the uh, we the homestyle renovation loan. Um, we're it's a great opportunity. So many people watch HGTV or you've seen Fixer Upper and Thirty Minute Show looks great and easy. But you know who has that kind of money in their savings account to go and fund something like that right away. Uh, working with a client now, they found a great property um, in Powell, Ohio, found a great deal on it. We're able to go and, and sub- do what's called a subject two, which means an appraiser is going to come in, uh, determine value to this property after improvements have been done. So they give them a value to that house, and these people are allowed to borrow against that future value up to a certain percentage, mind you, but you, everything is documented with plans of that nature. But you can renovate a loan borrowing against the house that you're trying to buy uh yeah. and it's it's or refinance your current home you, you, well, yeah you can even refinance your current home and do an addition or you know do a, a, some sort of renovation um it's it, it, it's getting simpler and simpler to do this and people are starting to figure it out that once you coordinate the contractors and well, uh, be a little, builder be a little more specific what's the spread like you know what are they buying it for how much renovation is going in, like actual money-wise, you know what I mean? Well, it's case by case. Well, so I'm some talking about that deal, you know. Give him an example. Like well, in this case, he's getting $70,000. Uh, to fix the house. To fix the house. So, okay. you know, to again, just for simple numbers, uh, he's buying a house for $200,000. Um, he will be borrowing $70,000 against that. So he inevitably will have a $270,000 mortgage 
But once the improvements are done, that house is, is supposedly going to be worth up high threes to $400,000. Oh, it's that big. Okay. That's a big it's, spread. Yeah. It, again, that's just yeah. a right opportunity that yeah. a, a great find well, great in his deal. regard. So and that money goes to the co- – let's be clear. It doesn't go you, – you don't get that money yourself. It has to go to a contractor with plans and well, specs sure, and yeah. so forth. But that's as a protection to – well, not only the, to the lender but to the borrower. You know, you hand John Contractor – Seventy thousand dollars, and he decides to skip town. Well, you're in a lot of trouble. So there are draws, and and they have to know what the work has been done. And, and that's what the appraiser is basing the value off mm-hmm. of, is that very detailed bid What's of what it, what exactly okay. are you doing? You know what, what uh, how much square foot you're adding? You know what type of cabinets you're using? What type of countertops? You know what surfaces? Well, all that stuff comes into play. Well, I bet people that's don't. That's giving the appraiser the picture, if you will, of. Yeah, what it's going to be to be able to derive that value once that work is done. But the average, the, the average consumer has no idea they can do this. They can find a deal like that on a rundown house and yeah. have money to fix it up the way they want it. Yeah, you know what I mean. That's yeah. something. And, you and, know, and, no one and, knows and that is the conventional version. There is an FHA version too. Actually, two different versions: a two or three K. Sure. A limited version and a, and a full version. But so there are different options for someone to be able to do that. Um, it's awesome to be able to renovate a home. <laughs> it really <And> is. <laughs> I mean, I I had one. This was a couple of years ago now, but in um, I think it was either in Powell or Dublin, but I think it was like a three hundred thousand dollar purchase, and they put a hundred thousand dollars into it, um, and it was worth over four hundred and thirty thousand. I think. Wow. So it's uh, it's almost like instant equity. If if you're yeah. willing to to go through the renovation process to build the house to your liking, and not just well, we can touch up this after we buy it. Um, it, and again, in a market like Columbus that is really hard right now to get a loan in, uh, that could be a great option and a great opportunity. Again, just mm-hmm. do what you want to do to your own place uh, going forward. Something else that with that program that's great, uh, you can even finance up to, I think, as many six months of your mortgage payment into that. Um, so, so that it'll no help. downtime, yeah. That's good that, that way you're yeah. not you know, trying to spend money on a mortgage when you're not even living there yet while it's during the renovation process. It really helps that that ease uh, the cost of living going forward while that is, is being completed. I can't remember if it's three or six. I have to look. But it, well, I thought it was. You, that works. You can finance months. months well, so what was the required down payment on that one? Five percent. Five percent. So yeah, it's that's it, awesome. It, of, of the purchase price of the acquisition of the subject cost two, yes. plus the cost of the renovation. So five percent of two seventy is that what it was? Yes, it's the seventy percent includes. There's a contingency reserve. There's some things that go into it, but basically, yeah. All that stuff, five percent of the total. Still five percent. It's a great option, and and yeah, I mean, it's. I, I wish I could talk to the rate on here, but I can't. It, it's it's there. It's it's much more uh, uh, advantageous route if that's something you're looking to do. You don't always have to go and buy a brand new MI house or Fisher home if that's what you want. Then that you that's obviously a, an option, but um, it's an opportunity again. Maybe buy a beaten down house in a great neighborhood that you know you can't build. Big giant season trees on a brand new, you know, right. lot. That that's or you've something. you've got a family, but a house that your you can build your home. Owned, that's yeah. still owned. It's just maybe older. Yeah. Purchases is just that's outdated. Yeah. Uh, your home. Yeah. Purchased it, renovated. I mean, same thing. So there's some there's some options there. And that that's um, where if you know as far as real estate investment, that's where you can really get more bang for your buck. Uh, but again, there's again you you do have some time of that renovation stage, but. You're building what you to your spectrum. That's yeah, and that, that's it. Yeah, you, Bill, you've got uh, 
one of the special nationwide high balance ones going on right now. Talk, yeah, talk about that, that a little bit. That, that's that's a, yeah, this is a, this is a huge deal here. This, this is really is it's really cool. It's, it's what uh, separates us from everyone. I think it's it's a loan that goes above the the four the four eighty three two fifty. Okay, so real quick before I back up, in the state of Ohio, there's either conventional or it's jumbo. Right. Now, if you look in Colorado or California, some of those higher balance, they have conventional, high balance, and jumbo. We do not have that in Ohio. So right. it's either conventional or jumbo. Right. So this particular loan is offered by one of our lenders, and um, it's letting me go to 90% on a $650,000 loan amount with no MI, which is unheard of. And it's kind of a conventional so rate. Priced right? as a conventional. It's loan. priced yes. as a conventional Not loan. Jumbo. So you don't get so, the jumbo rate. You get the conventional rate. Right. So and I hit the lock pretty good. It's like four point six two five already, and it's already locked yeah. in and everything. So again, register that six hundred fifteen thousand dollar loan amount at four four point sixty five percent. Ten percent. Ten percent down. Ten percent down. No, no mortgage insurance. No, no MI. MI. Yeah. Uh, so that's a really nice. It really is. That kind of loan is what's. Typically, or people are going to try to. It's, it's, you know, years ago that would be an adjustable rate mortgage because it's a jumbo status loan. So, right, you know, Fannie and Freddie aren't going to be insuring those. It's going to be more of a portfolio nine yeah. times out of ten. We shop. Uh, I shopped it around, and everything I found has been in the sixes. I mean, really, it, yeah. it would that would cover. And we're primarily here in, in Central Ohio, but for the most part, that would cover a purchase, almost to a million dollars. Uh, with 10% down because mm-hmm. you can go up to the high balance, the right. Fannie Mae high balance limit on that as the loan amount and right. then have your 10% from there. So your, your, your eight to $900,000 purchase that covers I mean, you're, this is thousands. <laughs> most of our market between yeah. that and, and a conventional loan. And you don't have to do uh, a first loan and a second loan. That's a line of credit. That's, you know, more than likely going to increase because rates more than likely will go up. Or having it a higher fixed rate second, you know, at seven, eight, nine percent, or whatever. Um, you yeah, know, or HELOC nice that's adjustable, that's you know, based on yeah. interest only. Well, I even mentioned it, fixed in seconds. Yeah, I mentioned it to, to some of the agents too, and they're like, "Really? That's that's really awesome." So yeah. that really is. I mean, I know. mean, we're we're talking just in one year. I mean, this is an egregious amount of money. It's absurd, but it's one thing to look at it and see it, or maybe even hold in your hand until you actually realize that's, that's a big difference. Well, yeah. Uh, what you spend on that mortgage over the course of a year by, I mean, just on a loan that size, a half percent difference in rate well, man, is a, a lot deal. of money. Yeah, I mean, which is good. That's why people deal. used to do the arms because it was sure. half point rate could be hundreds of dollars a month on the payment. Sure. Yeah. I actually priced it against a 40 year AM thing, interest only 40 year AM product out of California. And it was still $700 more a month. It was crazy. And that yeah. was based off interest only. Even right. Not even this is right. a principal well, interest 30 year fixed. Right. But I would never tell you that just to make it interesting. Well, no, still, but yeah. exactly. But to, to prove how good of a deal it is right. and how unique of a product that this is. Right. So if you have a $400,000 house now and you want to upgrade your house to six hundred, well, it's not really out of the question because you can potentially get the same payment if you have MI now. I mean, think about it. Well, depending on your rate and MI and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. I mean, it's situational, but yeah, yeah. you can. I mean, it could be very close. With, That's a really good point you make. That, yeah. that could be a very close payment between a $400,000, $600,000 by not having that mortgage insurance. Right. A couple hundred bucks, right? Yeah, yeah that really. Well, I'm keeping the rate out of the jump now. Yeah. Yes. So, um, what else we got? I've got, uh, we've got one closing that had uh, a couple closings. And, and in fact, John had one today with the, with the property inspection waiver. So we're able to not have to do an appraisal. Was that cash out? Uh, that was not cash out. That was rate and term. But we've gotten several of them on purchases. So it's only putting 20% down. Uh, we run that loan through Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. 
and see if one of them will give a property inspection waiver. And sometimes one will, or, you know, one will and one won't, um, depending on the data that they have. So that's nice if you don't have to get an appraisal. So on that refinance, his loan's essentially done. Eight days. Uh, another... He just submitted it. <laughs> All right. He's waiting on the mortgage payoff to come in. All right. Everything is done. Another $500 <laughs> saved there with no yeah. no appraisal. So, I mean, yeah. that, that's, again, another step towards simplifying the process. Let you go about your daily business, and we get things done for you on, on yeah. the side. And you just get to move in when that day comes. That's awesome. Yeah. And I've got uh, – I've got a home possible refinance right now. So rates went down with the with the kind of rate battle there with the two lenders and mm-hmm. we're able to in her case save a half a percent on her mortgage. All of the closing costs are covered. Um and she got uh, an appraisal reimbursement from the lender. So we just got the appraisal in today, it came in okay. Um so So they're gonna give her money back after for that appraisal. The money she that she paid yeah, up front she'll get back in pocket. So literally there was no underwriting fee. Uh she got a credit to cover the title piece. Same lender, so we're not really in the escrow account over, but giving her the credit back internally and then set up a new escrow account. Um, and she's getting covered for the appraisal. So she's able to, in her case, save a half a percent on her mortgage. She just bought the home last year. It's, okay, it's, and, it's, you're doing one, it's one year then, right? It, yeah, it just, it just because of that program. So yeah, she was able to take advantage of that at essentially no cost when it's all said and done. And again, this is, uh, I always, when I talk to clients, I tell them, you know, Warren Buffett, everybody knows that name. I mean, he did not just take money and put it into the savings accounts and turn it into a millionaire. You move money around. And part of moving money around is moving an asset around, which is your home. You have a 401k, most likely with your job. You might invest other places. But you're all if you own a home or you're buying a home, you will now be considered a real estate invest, investment as well. Uh, and it should be handled as such. Uh, Adam just mentioned he just did a refinance for a client one year after purchasing. Uh, I'm doing a refinance for a client that we closed his loan in December of 2017. What's that leave him 29 years and 11 months left? Yeah, but that was one of 25 years, right? Yeah, yeah so yeah. He's, he's going to go into a 25-year fix, so we eliminate you know three years, 11 months out of his mortgage payment. Oh, and by the way, his payment goes down $200 a month as well. Yeah. So, uh, again, thousands the math. And thousands of dollars of savings right there. That I mean, is almost four years of, yeah. of, yeah, of just almost $2,000 of the principal and interest. You can own your house. You will always have to pay the property taxes, homeowner's insurance, so you never own the land, but the house can be paid off, and again, there's an asset right there that uh, that you're sitting on, uh, something of significant Just value. Just redoing your the way that your loans are structured, if it makes sense. It has to, uh, but mathematically. But if it, but the, yeah, the, they, well, let's the close math it. doesn't lie. They, the math it's either going to make sense or it's not. If it makes yeah. sense, you have to have a tangible benefit from the lender. Yeah, yeah, not yeah, do you it. Just don't go willy nilly and refinance right. anything. No. But those are two particular cases where it worked you know, there. No cost for one. Yeah. And refinance and save a half percent, and it's a brand new loan. So, oh, he gets to skip know. two payments too, which is about almost ten thousand dollars of less yeah. money. And his payment goes down, and he knocked off four years. I mean, that's yeah. again back to the rate war that's allowing these things to happen. So, and again, it's always easy to look, and I, I try to use this too. It's you look back five years and coulda, shoulda, wouldas, and you look back five years, say, wow, you know, five years from now he's gonna have. 25 years left if he doesn't do this well with the refinance five years from now now he's only have 20 years left and that's a significant yeah. difference in the balance on that home it could be we the, what we looked at the other day i think the big thing for the one of the ones we were looking at was so when they go to sell the home yeah, you know a, now they're going to be paying the, the the buyer's realtor fees and you know in their realtor commissions and even if it's re, you know the realtor reduces or whatever happens it's fine but there's still a the cost additional, to the uh, yeah the additional equity that was going to be gained 
essentially they kind of covered those costs yeah. for themselves already down the road. Yeah. So if they hadn't done that, that was money, you know, either way it was money that they, that they were losing. So that was a nice way to think about it because, you know, they're going to have to pay those things regardless to, to, to sell the home. Um, and that was a way to kind of offset those costs and, and, and gain that, Gain that equity back, which was, you know, that, which is really that, nice. And you do nothing different. You you just you're you're making the same payment essentially in, in that particular case you're talking, except more of that monthly payment is now going towards the balance to pay it down, yeah. versus interest. Uh, right. In or that getting again, rid of mortgage insurance or reducing mortgage insurance, um, being able to get rid of mortgage insurance quicker by yes. paying down the principal faster. There's a lot of different things that that, uh, so that you get, they it, can do. Yeah, you're sitting on an asset, and you it should be looked at. You've got yeah. to make sure that 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 your money is working. You work forty hours yeah. a week, maybe more, so you, your money can do it too. It's and again, this is advice we we share with people and just ideas and people to take with what they want with it. Well, I've got a a a borrower that purchased a, a four unit property uh, FHA uh, a little bit over. I think it was about two year, two or three years ago. Uh, of course, property values in Columbus have increased dramatically. He's actually able now to move to a conventional loan, reduce mortgage insurance, and reduce his monthly payment on the loan. And that's an investment, so I mean, and he, four in units. his case, he's got well, it's a primary. He lives in one of the units right now, but well, he's but got the three, three units are, paying. are paying the rent. Yeah. So now he's able to put more of that money towards principal, pay it down faster, and now he's got an appreciating asset where, in his case, other people are paying a majority, if not all, yeah. of his mortgage for him. Um, and now he can just contribute more toward it. Just it's building on the snowball's getting bigger as it's going downhill. So it's a really really nice program. It's funny uh, I talk to him. a lot of first time home buyers, and it's you know no one really thinks I just want to get a house. I don't want to rent anymore. But you know we start thinking about the future and you know how nice would it be to have no mortgage? You know yeah you're signing up for a thirty year fix. Essentially that's to keep things affordable. Uh, your your goal is not to keep that loan for thirty years. But how do you get yourself in a position to pay that off much quicker? Ultimately, when you retire, have no mortgage payment uh, and be debt-free. You can set yourself up that way by paying attention to your asset uh, and making mm-hmm. sure that it's in the right position that it should be. Is that uh, four units? Covered I, that's, yeah. I didn't nice know you were doing that one. That's yeah. I remember you got when you got that one. Yeah, that was definitely <laughs> got that one. Um, yeah, that weren't I you told no by three people, or weren't you told no three times and you got it two, done? Two lenders did not accept the appraisal, and the third one did. So that was a big. That was a big win for us as a broker to be able to. What kind of rate come out on something like that? Yeah. The four unit. Uh, for this new for the refinance. Yeah, is there big hits on it because it's a four well, unit? Well, this is under HUD possible because so it's a primary so residence. It's so it's cash. I don't have to use the rental income as part of. Well, in his case, I'm using the rental income, but the the income matches up in that area. Sure. Um, I think he's at uh four point six two five or four point five percent. Wow. On a thirty year fixed on a four unit because there's no adjustments with home possible. So it's like this really sure. It's a huge This all circles it, back to huge. there's way more that goes into this than here's a thirty year fix for you, Mr. and Mrs. Buyer or Mr. and Mrs. Refinancer. It, there, there's so much more that goes into it. Um, you know, you're not buying a car. <laughs> this yeah. is you know, we do mortgage annual checkups and then again we stay on top of it and try to help stay on top of these things for everybody. Um, and again Here's an idea. Oh, here's math to go with it as well. It's if it works, it works great. Yeah. Um, but that's yeah. we're, again, we're here to try to just help people, and that's but people need to know the questions to ask. Yeah, I'd say that that covers uh, some of the some of the stuff we've going got going on this week. Uh, if you guys have questions about 
student loans and qualifying or, or some of the programs that we talked about or, or mortgage you know questions in general uh, you can definitely reach out you can go to our website stratmortgage.com um, of course we've got the info page with everybody's bio everybody's contact information uh, you can apply right there with uh, you know depending on who you're working with uh, you know give us a call and ask any questions that you have we'll certainly be more than happy to uh, to assist in that yeah, and check out our Facebook page. There's a lot of uh, tutorials, or t- tutorials, but uh, testimonials on there, and just some experience that people have had with us. Um, Facebook, you know, Google. Yeah, yeah just, just just being yeah. you know hands on with everybody and informative. Uh, yeah. Again, whether we're working on your loan or not, if you have questions, call us. That's we, we're here to try to help. That, that that's mm-hmm. what we want ultimately. Cool. Anything else, Bill? I'm good for this day. <laughs> Anything else? Great. Awesome. Little Bill, what do you think over there? How, how's this? How's this That's rest of you you're, you're, you're getting close here. You're, you're a few years away from buying a house, so you should soak in the sand. All right. Cool. Awesome. We appreciate it. Have, Have a great, great day. Week.